I would say if the authorities didn't want us involved in the public square, they ought not to have crucified Jesus in the public square. Use humanistic principles. Well, I would say the same idea. Yeah, I would say same that. I would say, what's the problem with stardust bumping into stardust? In the in the cosmic picture, no, there's no problem. In the okay. cosmic picture, it won't matter. No, Mr. President, you are not protecting reproductive freedom. You are authorizing the destruction of freedom for one million little human beings every year. I'm sorry, my friends, but I am tired of seeing Jesus presented as a weak beggar. He is a powerful savior, and the gospel is not a suggestion, it is a command. Reverend Mola, don't you sympathize with that? I sympathize with every single human heart wishing to know the one true and living God, but I believe there's only one way that that can happen through Jesus Christ, and the gospel is about repenting of sin, not celebrating it. adventure. We will explore the spiritual abyss. You have not experienced this before. You're going to love it. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Apologia Radio. Apologia Studios is where you get us. ApologiaStudios.com. A-P-O-L-O-G-I-A Studios.com. Exodus 23, verse 1. You shall not spread a false report. You shall not join hands with a wicked man to be a malicious witness. You shall not fall in with the many to do evil, nor shall you bear witness in a lawsuit siding with the many so as to pervert justice, nor shall you be partial to a poor man in his lawsuit. Verse 6, Exodus 23. You shall not pervert the justice due to the poor in his lawsuit. Keep far from a false charge and do not kill the innocent and righteous, for I will not acquit the wicked. That's Exodus 23, y'all. Good stuff. I'm Jeff, they call me the ninja. That's Luke the Bear. What up? And that's Joy the Girl right there. Hello. We are back. Uh, encourage everybody to go to ApologiaStudios.com again. Sign up for All Access. Partner with us in everything that we're doing to bring the gospel around the world. As I always say, if you've been blessed by the evangelism on the street, if you've been blessed by the teaching of Apologia Church, you are seeing that and you've received that through Apologia Studios because we have brothers and sisters in Christ who every month put their hands in our hands and partner with us to make all of this possible. So praise God for you who partner with us. Praise God that he allows us to do this amazing thing to uh, declare his excellency, to preach his gospel, and to defend the Christian faith as we're able to do so regularly. Quick pointing to May 4th in Columbia, South Carolina. May 4th, Columbia, South Carolina. I believe it's 10 a.m., at the uh, the Capitol, state yes, Capitol, we're going to have the rally for equal protection there. 10 Eastern time. That's right. Yeah, on sure. uh, their time. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so that's happening. Columbia, South Carolina, May 4th. I'll be there speaking at the rally. We have a bill for equal protection for all human beings. Uh, this is a great moment we're in. We have four states already in uh, 2021 and by May that are having bills for equal protection. We need you there. Join us May 4th. 10 a.m. at the state capitol in South Carolina, Columbia, South Carolina. Okay, 
So, uh, big day today, right? Mm-hmm. Big show today. Very big. Uh, let's let's go ahead and start. Joy, start us off with something happy. Well, um, I don't know how recently I've done this. We so haven't almost, been for a long time. I almost been a wonder if people will be like, why is she sharing this? stupid thing you need to go back and watch the original episodes of apologia radio or listen to them do we used to do all kinds of things i I used to be known to every once in a while just bring some fun interesting quirkiness animals yeah prank calls to the show so um you can't even prank call anymore you can't prank call there's no there's there's also no christian book there's also that problem yeah I know. You prank call they Amazon. Can't, they can't be like, let me go check. Does Amazon yeah. give you a number Amazon to call? And Amazon has everything. Yeah. They'll type in whatever ridiculous thing we have. And Actually, we that would say, be, And they'll yeah. be like, yeah, we have it. Yeah. Or they're like, hey, stupid, that doesn't exist. <laughs> or... You could have just looked it up on Amazon. We yeah. should we should try that, actually. You see that search bar there on Amazon? Try that. We should come up with should a wild and like crazy COVID, things COVID see if edition. they actually have but it. But that's why, that's why Mortimer does so well with that, because he sounds like an old man that can't use technology. Right, so and you work. certainly, Technology. if it really is an old man, right. you certainly don't want to accuse him of being I a water, fake caller. I want one of the big patents, a big patent where it's an oil patent. It's Joel Osteen holding holding a lamb. <laughs> wearing a mask. <laughs> so wearing, wearing a mask. Because he's lovely as a neighbor. <laughs> All right. Okay, so um, this oh, is a gosh. news article that I just loved. I loved that it happened, even though it's ridiculous. It's so it. The story is about a woman in Poland, and here we are. Is this a real Arizona. woman? Yeah, yeah, okay. yes. Okay. Well, as far it's as not we a dude know, address. that's okay. what she reported as her pronouns. Okay. Well, she said a woman, but I don't know if her pr- pronouns are she, her. Yeah, you, you, really never, don't, you, you never, never know, know today. These days. Anyway, yeah. but um, actually, this uh, this article does have something to do with. Uh, something looking like another thing. Anyway, she uh, noticed that there was some kind of animal in the tree outside of her building. Mm. And she saw it there for a few days. And so she thought it that might be like an animal that needs help. Well, first she said that she thought it was an iguana, which I don't th- I'll often think of iguanas when I think of Poland. Mm. So I don't Definitely know. Not. I don't. Th- do they live in Poland? Uh, iguanas with parkas. <laughs> <laughs> anyway um that's an image i'm not getting out of my head for a long time a little raincoat a little rain slicker we need to create a shirt on apology of store that's <laughs> an iguana with a parka <laughs> apology of radio we're the best <laughs> we're the best i love it okay so um the article just says when officers showed up on the scene i'm assuming that means she called some sort of uh, law enforcement the department law. Yeah. Uh, or some kind of animal mm-hmm. help department. Mm. Um, here it says the Krakow Animal Welfare Society. They're the ones that ended up like reporting a lot of information. to the They make stuff. some good ham. But they weren't the ones Krakow. that went out. Mm. You ever have Krakow ham? Mm. Is that real? Yeah. <laughs> He's like, ham! <laughs> it's really... We used to get in hoagies back in Chicago. Oh, yeah, because there's a big, there's a, a large Polish, Polish uh, population. Crack out okay. ham, that's the real deal. That's starting to make more sense now. Yeah. Um, they make good anyway, sausages, too. <laughs> anyway, Polish, Polish this sauce. was not an iguana. It wasn't even an animal. It was a croissant. <laughs> I mean, we were just way off today. <laughs> um, so, anyway, it just kind of tickled me to think that. What? 
how, like how, she how, reported this someone had to attend to the call um and like someone had to get a ladder how and did the croissant get up there is the question well somebody theorized okay that um <laughs> that basically someone just threw <laughs> This, this whole article is ridiculous. Was it a green they croissant? Interv- they interviewed someone and then put a quote into this article of someone saying, I think someone just threw it out their window into the tree. <laughs> Very scientific reporting uh, going on here. Um, so she thought she rules- saw like, an iguana with a parka, but it was <laughs> yeah. actually a croissant. The rules of investigation. And she might not be a she. We don't really know that yeah. for sure. This is very interesting. Um, but anyway, so basically uh, my favorite line of this entire article and the whole reason I'm sharing this article with you guys uh, reads as follows. The animal rescue did not mention what happened to the croissant after it was retrieved from the tree. <laughs> animal they rescue. fed it to an iguana. <laughs> the officer, no, I, I, I get picture. The officer just came back to the door with his mouth full. He was like just chewing on something. He was like, don't, don't, don't worry, it's just a croissant. Well, and so what that last line says to me is that this poor person who probably is in $120,000 in student loan debt to become a journalist mm-hmm. <laughs> was handed this story and they were like we need you to mm. we need you to find something to say about this story and he was like I guess I'll call someone who lives in the building and you know maybe they have some <laughs> thoughts about what happened was it your croissant (laughs) (laughs) croissant and so that means somebody was basically ordered to interview people about this croissant and find out official details and then they probably had a word limit so they were like okay i'm about a sentence short um but people are going to want to know what happened to the croissant (laughs) (laughs) so you cannot leave this article unfinished what is this like msnbc like what what we've got crazy stuff happening in the world and in in north america and all over the world and in poland apparently not much is happening there's a croissant in a tree well that's what i mean this poor poor person david david moy yeah this poor guy what's his last name m-o y-e but yeah you know that he he's like really with everything going on right now You're giving me the oh the, the croissant the croissant in the tree story. Uh, <laughs> David, you're gonna take the croissant story this way. Oh, I'll tell you. I got the croissant story. Or maybe they just have like a bread division. Or you know, something. I went to school. Did I bread tell you guys division. that? Maybe. Oh gosh, it just inspired a bunch of bread puns. <laughs> but what? <laughs> I was gonna say maybe they thought it was a matter of loaf and death. <laughs> Woo! Man, you're on a roll today. Yeah. Someone did this guy. Uh, actually, to it. David Moy's credit, he did. Uh, he said. When the officers showed up at the scene, they were able to nab the mystery animal bread handed. <laughs> that's wow. awesome. That's, very good. That's very good. Oh, thank you, Joy. Man, we got some we got some antsy people in the thread there. Yeah, right? I know. Oh I know. yeah. Thank be you. Serious sure already. There, thank you, everybody. Hey, uh, I was just thinking the intro. We should we should make a new intro but have Matt do it. Because with his with his with voice. His radio voice. He's got that radio instead voice. Instead of that, that like <laughs> cheesy. He's get, yeah. ten-year-old one we have. Like, that was, You're gonna love it. That was just from like an app. Yeah, it was, it like, was like a robot right. or something. It was like it just app with different announcer voices and yeah. things. Yeah, that was low budget, but it worked no, out. It was low budget. It worked out. The app was like five bucks on Apple, and now, it yeah. worked out. Now we got someone that can be legit. I didn't have to pay anybody to do anything special. I just we pulled it together. We made it happen. That's how we do things. Oh yeah. 
Okay, everybody, thank you for being here today and listening. We are going to talk today about a Christian response to the Chauvin verdict. And I know this is, uh, we know that this is a very important issue. It's also a very controversial issue. This incident led to, inappropriately, we would say, led to the destruction of so many lives in terms of people blowing up uh, people's businesses, the looting, the rioting, all the evil that happened, burning down cities and uh, just injuring people. People died as a result of uh, what you know what mm-hmm. we call mob justice. Uh, now, I want to just start this by saying, uh, in relation to mob justice, I read at the beginning of of the episode today, God's law gives us standards of justice, how you're supposed to live your life to uphold justice. All the talk we have going on in the world today about social justice and those sorts of things, they don't even know what it means. Right. I don't want to listen to a Marxist talking to me about social justice because they don't have a worldview that makes sense of justice. They don't have a worldview that can comport with the standard of justice. When you affirm dialectical materialism, which is what the leaders of Black Lives Matter, at least the official organization, what they believe, when you affirm dialectical materialism, when you're a trained Marxist, don't talk to me about social justice because I don't believe you. You don't have a worldview that can make sense of it. I mean, go with Engels. I mean, go all the way. Go all the way in when he essentially says that nothing matters and there is no standard of right and wrong. And then talk to me about justice. It's it's absolute. It's a charade. It's a charade. And so the issue, though, of justice, I like I like that consideration of the word justice because God's word, God's law is all about justice, righteous statutes, justice in society. I read at the beginning of the episode just one little clip of what God says about not going with the mob. Don't go with the mob. Don't falsely accuse somebody. God will not hold you guiltless for false accusations and those sorts of things. I mean, God even has standards in his law. We talked about this recently where in God's law, the standard of justice for court is that you are presumed innocent. By the way, do you like that? The presumption of innocence? You like that? I like it. I like it a lot. You know where that comes from? God's law. Doesn't come from secularism, doesn't come from atheism, didn't come from Darwin, it didn't come from Engels or Marx. The whole standard of innocent until proven guilty, yeah, that's from God's word. Thank Moses for that. We've and been talking a lot about God's law lately, haven't we? Sure we sure have. We sure have. But, you know, all the talk about justice, it's an important consideration, and here's the issue for us. God's word has an answer for it. Mm-hmm. So, look, Christians, we're going to disagree. Like, we just had a gentleman in here a little bit earlier today. We are we are ninety nine percent like in in a lockstep theologically, yeah. and we disagree on what we all consider a significant issue. It's not a salvific issue, but it's a significant issue. It doesn't cause me to lose any respect for the man. I respect him. I love him. It's an area where we disagree. It's, it's a it's a tertiary issue. It's on the side. It's considered adiaphora. It's on the side. We're going to have disagreements, and we shouldn't divide over it. Cancel culture has destroyed Christian communion. In, mm-hmm. in the United States, really in our is. generation. It really has. Like, oh, you don't agree with agree with me in everything. Canceled. I'm going to cancel you. Like, it's just, it's bled into the church as well. It's ridiculous. We can't even have disagreements, even sharp disagreements with each other um, any longer and still remain, like, in unity and fellowship and, and, and together. I mean, we do so much better together, and it's obedience to love your brother and to be in unity and harmony with each other. So I just want to start this by saying, listen, we may say things in today's episode that you disagree with. Here's the deal. What we're upholding here as believers is we're saying the word of God has to be the standard here. Like this whole question of, of, of Chauvin and uh, the death of George Floyd, we need to filter that not through the lens of Engels and Marx and modern secular humanistic thinking. 
we're not trying to do this according to some concept, some nebulous concept of natural law. Like we have the words of the living God. He says, this is how you handle justice. This is what you're supposed to do. We should be filtering. So even if we come to disagreements on issues, we should be fighting saying, well, what exactly does it say? And at the end of the day, in an issue like this, what's, what's with the division, right? What's with the, what's with the, uh, the, the all caps typing to one another and like the, you know, like let's just sever the relationships. I don't respect you anymore. I'm out of here. Like I've seen that even on, on some stuff on our platform. We say one thing someone disagrees with. It's just like, it's mild. Yeah. And they're like, I'm out. I'm not listening anymore. Cancel culture has now infected the church. It's like, wait a second. I wouldn't treat you like that. Right. It's just it's such a silly thing. So I want to say at the start of this, can we lay a foundation here to say this? Look, Christ is Lord. He's God in the flesh. We trust in him and him alone for salvation and for forgiveness. The word of God is the standard. If we have disagreements, it doesn't mean we need to divide with each other. We need to be unified together. So I'll start with that to say that we can disagree. But of course, for all of us, we have to be tested by that standard of scripture. I'll let you guys say anything before. I was just going to say in reference to the mob justice, did you happen to catch what Maxine Waters said before they released the verdict and stuff yeah i have i heard some of that yeah. so i didn't i don't want you to quote me on this because i didn't actually hear it. um but essentially she was saying like we demand first degree murder nothing else and basically threatened right like, rioting and mob justice if that wasn't the case and she's the same she's the same woman who on january 6th and following January 6th was saying, this is the president who incited violence and da-da-da-da-da. Yeah. It, you know, it's, it's not okay for the political enemy to right. do it, but when you do it, you know, it's perfectly acceptable. Yeah. And people get hurt by this stuff. Right. I mean, that's the problem. People get hurt. Oh, absolutely. All across the country. I mean, we have such short memories now because of social media. Like, I mean, things pop up for one day. It's fire, storm, and controversy. Then everyone forgets it in seven days. It's over with. It's done. We don't care anymore because everything's just coming at us so fast. Mm -hmm. So much information is constantly bombarding us. But, yeah, and that's a good example. That just recently happened. I mean, all the Democrats were like, you know, you incited violence. Well, okay. I mean, I think he said the opposite, but prove it. I mean, I guess I'm willing to listen. But then they turn around and say, mm -hmm. like, yeah, make sure you do something. And, mm -hmm. you know, we're going to – you know, it's it's obvious. It's inciting violence, mm -hmm. and uh, it's sinful, and it's unjust and evil. But yeah, I mean, I was gonna say, I just think I well, I heard, I heard, obviously heard a lot of response uh, to the whole thing, but I did hear, I heard something from someone on social media that kind of like pricked my ears up, and it kind of made me realize something about like the larger situation that we're in, and basically. Uh, this girl was like I'm so glad mm -hmm. he uh, is guilty and I can't believe there even had to be a trial <laughs> because we had the video okay. and I thought yeah my first thought was like oh that's like totally ridiculous Wow! but then it made me think um, people who uh, reject God don't even have like why would they like why why does our country think that someone d needs a trial yeah before they're punished under the law but you you need Moses for that right yeah and so it actually so once I thought about it I was like it doesn't actually surprise me that much right that someone would think the trial in this instance is not even necessary. Just, just uh, string them up because they yeah. totally given their worldview doesn't account for that at right. all, unless they're borrowing, unless they're saying, right. "Well, we're okay with 
using the Bible to figure out maybe a few laws or, or right. if it, if what it gave us is good, then we'll use it pragmatically or whatever. Mm-hmm. But, and well, and it also made me, um, it made me realize, uh, that a lot of people believe that. And that's why, that's why like a lot of it, you saw this a lot during me too. That's why people circumvent the law and they believe they can actually get justice on social media or by canceling people or by exposing people. That's why people think that because they don't actually have a coherent understanding of what a trial would be for Mm -hmm. or why they would want to have a trial. Mm -hmm. And that's why people think that real justice can be found by just like posting a picture of someone on Facebook and being like, this guy assaulted me Mm -hmm. because people legitimately believe you can get justice outside of Mm -hmm. a court of law. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's a trial. And that shouldn't shouldn't surprise us at all because they don't have any coherent like meaning for a trial or Mm -hmm. anything that would be consistent. And so it makes sense that everyone would suddenly be like, Oh, well the court doesn't really do anything and it doesn't really get us justice anyway. So this is how we, as a people right. who don't believe in trials, like can, this is our trial. This right. is the version of our justice that we're offering. Yeah. Yeah. And, and there's, there's a whole history behind this. Of course, in the history of Christianity, you have many opportunities or you can point to many examples in Christian history where when, when Christians um, were transformed by the gospel and a, and a whole culture was transformed by the gospel and the nation is coming to Christ, they're obviously pointing to God's law and his standards, but of course, there's there's fall off at moments, and there's sin, and there's there's times where there's an incestuous relationship between the church and the state, um, not operating uh, properly in their own sphere or domain, um, and you have what took place even before this American, this great American experiment, before the Huguenots and the Pilgrims and the Puritans came over. Those people actually experienced something over in Europe where they were even, you know, people were allowed to even just come into their homes and start searching for stuff. Uh, without a warrant, they were allowed to just essentially assume the guilt of the person and and work the other direction. I assume you're guilty, and we'll work to see if you're innocent. Uh, it was just perversions of justice abounding, and they were even brought in into court uh, with the assumption of guilt. And they even had like um, a court situation where people's charges are being read to them in a language they can't understand, right. and they're, they're, you're not even required to ultimately have like proper witnesses and cross examination, all that stuff. But when the Bible is put into the common language of the people, and now these people are actually reading the Word of God for themselves, and they're looking at the law of God, and they're like, wait a second, uh, we're supposed to believe in Jesus here in this culture and society, and this Word says that you need two to three witnesses. This Word says, assume my innocence. This Word says there has to be cross-examination. Like, this this Word says this, this, and this. And so, like, that, that's where the transformation starts coming, and they start saying, basically, no, this is justice. So when this great American experiment starts, and you've got, you know, people with a history going back to the Covenanters and the Huguenots and all that stuff, when the colonies are setting up their communities and their system of justice— you're getting all of these blessings of you need witnesses. You have to war- have to war have to have a warrant to search my stuff because you have to have evidence that I'm actually guilty. All that stuff. Thank God for God's word and His law. That's where it comes from ultimately. And you're right, Joy. If you've abandoned God, you've abandoned the biblical view of a human being and righteousness and all that stuff. What's what's wrong with mob justice? What's wrong with going into a city and burning it down when the people exactly. have nothing to do well, with and, the situation? And we've obviously, I just feel the need to 
continue saying this all the time, but um, a lot of time, a lot of the issues that people have with our current uh, justice system is that um, it's faulty. And I mean, I personally believe there's a lot of reform and improvements that could be made, but also we're dealing with, I think on the, um, in Christian communities, we are dealing with um, people who see the law and they say, um, it's not, it's not working and people aren't getting justice. And it is important still to keep in mind, um, you can't, you can't take it, uh, so far as to say that God is going to see justice here on this earth while you're living, but his justice is 100% of the time. And that's something that we have forgotten as right. Christians. And we have, that there's a day to, of judgment, right? That, yeah. that, 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 um, that God's justice happens even sometimes not here. Mm. <laughs> right. And yeah, so we, exactly. and we're tempted to sort of like jump on the bandwagon because it's like, Oh, well there are problems. There are serious problems happening mm-hmm. right now. Um, and, but unfortunately they take this weird pragmatic af- approach where it's like, Oh, well if it's not working, I'll just do like what, what worldly I, people, what I think and, works. Right, right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but that's not, it's always important to keep in mind. I mean, I think God is glorified, um, when justice is done here on earth. Yes. I think that yeah, he, he that's incredibly important. Um, but it's also important that we don't forget that sometimes, uh, just, we don't see that we don't get to, but there will it. be, yes, but there, there will, will be. be. And that's something that I will just keep saying because people have, forgotten and they've made serious concessions because they are trying to see if they can make some sort of change right so the in in the cause of justice from their perspective the cause of justice there ends up being a a perversion of justice because they feel like they have to pull justice into the now Mm -hmm. now first thing you say is i want justice in the now everyone affirms that but you can't pervert Standards of justice right. and righteousness right. in order to pull cosmic justice into the right. now. You have to be That's able to, to say God's word provides the stipulated standards as to how you're supposed to handle these questions of justice and accusation and, and the, the trial. And again, if you love the idea of innocence till proven innocent till proven guilty, if you love the idea of no search without a warrant, if you love the idea of you know, I don't have to incriminate myself, all of that. You can thank God's word and you can thank Moses for that. So praise God for that. Um, and so that's what we want to do is filter through this. So of course I'm going to play. Uh, this was the uh, reading of the verdict from the judge in the Chauvin trial. This is the very end. I'll just play this just for a moment so we can uh, all hear it together. Fourth Judicial District, State of Minnesota Plaintiff versus Derek Michael Chauvin, defendant. Verdict count one. Court file number 27, CR 2012646. We, the jury, in the above entitled matter as to count one, unintentional second degree murder while committing a felony, find the defendant guilty. This verdict agreed to this 20th day of April 2021 at 1.44 p.m. Signed juror four person. So I'm going to pause there for a second because uh, YouTube is not a big fan of you playing long clips from a <laughs> news source anymore, and they might actually jam up our progress here, and then I'll go ahead and start it again. Here we go. Juror number 19. Same caption, verdict count two. We, the jury, in the above entitled matter as to count two, third-degree murder, perpetrating an eminently dangerous act, find the defendant guilty. 
This verdict agreed to this 20th day of April 2021 at 1.45 p.m. Signed by jury four-person juror number 19. So, so far we have uh, second degree and um, third degree and the final. Same caption, verdict count three. We the jury in the above entitled matter as to count three, second degree manslaughter, culpable negligence, creating an unreasonable risk, find the defendant guilty. This verdict agreed to this 20th day of April, 2021 at 1.45 p.m. Jury four persons. And so there you go. There was uh, Chauvin's, um, the reading of Chauvin's uh, guilt there, second degree, third degree, and second degree, again, with culpable negligence. Um, so I wanted to play this just uh, because I, I like to uh, give everyone stomach aches. Um, this is Nancy Pelosi uh, <sighs> responding. Uh, <laughs> yeah. House I asked to play this. Song. Yeah. Nancy Pelosi responding. I'm not gonna play the whole thing. I'm just gonna play this clip because this I think is the worst part of it. To see this justice on behalf of her father. His name synonymous with justice and dignity and grace and prayerfulness and prayerfulness. So we thank God. We thank Jesus. I wanted to vomit when she said that. Right, darling? You pandering, disgusting hag. (laughs) I'm sorry. She is the grossest. Uh, This woman is wicked. This woman uh, every day perpetrates and propagates what God would call is is an abomination. And she has the audacity to stand there in public. And she's the great chameleon is what she is. She's the great chameleon. And and Mm -hmm. she tries to share in what's around her because she she placates and she plays people. Um, She is rotten to the core. She needs Christ. She needs to repent. And you need to call out a wicked leader like this as a wicked leader. She is disgraceful. She's leading to the destruction of so many human lives with her policies and the things that she uh, propagates and promulgates. Uh, This woman has the audacity to stand there and mention the name of the Savior. Mm -hmm. Uh, We were were praying to him, weren't we? Um, You're talking to maybe these He wasn't listening to you. These women behind her, maybe they they know these are professing Christians. These women are talking about Jesus. So she said, we're we're praying to Jesus. Nancy Pelosi, if you don't repent, Jesus isn't listening to you. Absolutely not. You are a devil. And, and um, I, some people might be thinking I'm being heavy-handed, but this woman is uh, in many ways responsible for mm-hmm. the demise of our own country, mm-hmm. the republic we live in, the law of God, the standards that we have that have blessed this country for so long. This woman is nefarious. And, um, of course, I want her to know Christ. I would preach the gospel to her. If she was face-to-face with me, I would be compassionate with her, and I would, I would try to be humble and bold with her. But let's just let's, let's call, let's call it what it is. She's a charlatan. She's a a charlatan. Uh, This, of course, irrespective of the conversation we're going to have about George Floyd and his death and Chauvin, and we're going to work through some of these things and and talk about God's law and what would God's word say to do here. Um, This is just gross to me. It's It's gross. It's disgusting. Go ahead. I'll I'll, I'll, I'll turn. Well, no, I I just wanted to say that in the quick part, but the rest of it, there's more she says that I wanted to address. So. Uh, Do you want to play some more of that? Yeah. Um, Oops. (laughs) I think I just lost it. Well, why don't you tell me what it was and I'll, uh, do you remember what it was? What she said? Yeah. Well, yeah. So basically, and so I was listening to, let me backtrack here a minute. I was listening to, um, cross politic yesterday, rowdy Christian media. 
Um, Our boys over at Cross. Yesterday Politics. they dropped a show talking about it, and uh, and so that's where I heard that clip. And so Toby, Toby had just an incredible point um, that I think was so important that we need to mention. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, so th- basically, the reason we're we're having this discussion to begin with is about what is justice, what is true justice, right? What is biblical justice? What is justice according to God's standard? Um, which we're going to get into more because even with this verdict, that still doesn't meet God's standard for justice. But um, so what she goes on to say basically is she thanks she thanks George Floyd for dying, um, for making for sacrificing his life, and um, and and so what Toby was saying, and I've talked about this a lot. I got this from Toby, Toby Sumter at Christ Church in Moscow. Idaho. He, you know, one of my favorite quotes of his is, he says, as Christians, we should uh, deny every um, opportunity uh, for victimhood because uh, we have the perfect victim and we're never truly innocent. Um, and so, it's talking about victimhood and 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 the the left needs a savior. They need blood atonement. That's we've talked about this with abortion. Um, everyone that's pro-death, pro-abortion, they need blood atonement. They need someone to die for mm-hmm. them, right? And it's the same thing with this. He was So Nancy's Pelosi's praising George Floyd, who's now dead, for sacrificing his life for justice. Mm. And so what, she, so what she, you just played is disgusting all in of itself. And then she steps it up a notch mm-hmm. and just then... Um, is using the death of this man for her own benefit, you know? And so, cause obviously they have their own legislation that they're going to try to push now with police reform and all that. That's a whole nother discussion, but she's using that. And, and essentially she's placing him in, in the place of Christ as a sacrifice, um, that blood atonement. And guess what? He wasn't innocent. All these, all the, like Christ is the only truly innocent sacrifice that any of us could ever have to, redeem anything Mm -hmm. so george floyd wasn't innocent Mm -hmm. um and that's a whole nother discussion in and of itself as well but um so anyways toby made that point we're all not innocent is the point you're making yes and and they but they're looking for that sacrifice that want the sacrifice for justice yes and so toby mentioned and i was like oh man that's so good like so that's what that's what i wanted to address and all this is and and again there's there's still not any true justice in any of this like are people going to be somewhat satisfied now maybe Mm mm-hmm is it going to stop the writing? Probably not. Yeah, you know, people uh, right now listening, love you all very much. A few people have uh, bothered by the strong language I used in calling her a hag. A hag, my understanding of that word is she's a disgusting woman. Um, when you have a woman that essentially tries to co-opt the Christian worldview when it's convenient for her, and to abuse the name of the Savior. Um, and to try to placate in this way while she is a wicked woman who essentially, again, is responsible for so much of the destruction of our, of our freedoms in this country, of justice in this country. Um, I think she deserves a strong denunciation because she's, she's co-opting Christian language and she's drawing down the name of the Savior uh, for uh, her own purposes. And um, I, I consider that disgusting. As a minister of the gospel, I say it's disgraceful. She needs the gospel. Um, and I, I, you know, we go out to the Mormon temple 
We go out to the Mormon temple, preach the gospel to Mormons because they use the name of Jesus, but they're preaching a different Christ and a different gospel. We confront their religious language and we say that is not Christ. That is not a Christ that will save you. Mm-hmm. You are gonna you're gonna die in your sin if you don't have the true Christ. You need a true gospel. We tell them the truth. I would say the same thing to Nancy Pelosi. You don't know Christ. You don't know the biblical gospel. By their fruit, you shall know them. And I see the fruit of Nancy Pelosi over a long period of time. I see what she advocates for, and this woman is dark and perverse, and she should be called out. So anyway, um, yeah, moving on. Yeah, Joy. Moving okay, on. so here we go. Um, next, um, I wanted to let's let's do it this way. I, I have some stuff here to play for everybody today from the prosecution. Their closing arguments. I did want to play through a little bit of the actual original video of George Floyd and what took place, but I wanted to talk about some standards to set up ahead of time, because I know here's the, here's the deal. For the new people that are just now watching, you're watching live right now, again, we're believers. We believe the Word of God is the foundation. We're unified in Christ as the body. If we disagree, we are allowed to disagree with each other without trying to quote-unquote cancel each other and just divide and disfellowship and saying, I don't like you anymore and all those sorts of things. There's going to be disagreements, but I think we have to all agree on this, is that this is supposed to be the standard, not Engels, not Marx, not um, mm-hmm. modern humanistic thinking. This is supposed to be the standard as to how we're supposed to handle situations like this. Okay, so a couple thoughts, and you guys feel free to just step right in here as I have this conversation. Um, my concern, look, I'm not, I'm not going to talk about the guilty verdict. Right, that's not the point of this. We're, we're, today, we're actually we're going to go back in the background and ask the deeper question of us as Christians. Let's have a conversation around a table right now about how ought we to, in the future, look at situations like this what needs to be upheld by law enforcement joy made a good point when you talk about there's a lot that needs to be fixed today we believe that but we don't believe you should go to angles or marks for the answer we believe that you have to go to god's word is the answer okay so when we look at a situation like this we're like man the riots broke out cities are burning down people mob justice and people are literally dying because of this um that obviously isn't right uh, a lot of the Marxists and Black Lives Matter, they did believe that it was right. Um, now, let's, let's draw back and ask the question, no matter what color we are, no matter where we're from, especially in Christ, we are one in Christ. We have a standard of righteousness that we're supposed to be saying, well, there's the answer. It's right there. It's been there all along. That's what we're supposed to be looking towards as Christians. We're not supposed to be looking at the color of someone's skin and determining what justice is supposed to be because of the color of their skin. Mm-hmm. That's a sin. Racism is a, is a wicked, evil thing, and racism will be in hell. Hatred for brother Absolutely. will be in hell. It'll be judged uh, for what it is. It's wicked. It's evil. I hate racism. It's disgusting. Uh, but as Christians, we're supposed to look at a situation like this, and, 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 and justice is supposed to be colorblind, <laughs> right? It's supposed to say, what did you do? Not yes, why. Exactly. What did you do? The question of justice is always that question. What did you do? Um, and so that's what we need to be doing. So a couple of things. Number one, what has to happen here is we need to, as Christians, say innocent until proven guilty. Innocent until proven guilty. Now watch. Some of you guys right now may be thinking the wrong thing. Hang on. Innocent until proven guilty God's word says from beginning to end, this is Old Testament and New Testament. It's affirmed in both two to three witnesses before you can bring charges against somebody. That means two to three independent lines of evidence and witness before you can bring charges against somebody. And then you're supposed to go to trial. Okay? So the witnesses, 
independent witnesses. You're not supposed to have them corroborating. But then you're supposed to go to trial where there can be cross-examination. Just because there's two to three witnesses does not mean the person is guilty. That gets fudged a lot in this discussion. Oh, I got two to three witnesses. Okay, great. We can bring charges now. But now there needs to be cross-examination, mm -hmm. right? Like that's what happens over here. So it's innocent until proven guilty, two to three witnesses. Now we bring charges. Then we go to court, cross-examination. And the entire time in God's law, you have to assume the person's innocence until a, com a, a compelling case is proven that this person really did this. Now, again, I told you, hang on a second, because we're talking about the Chauvin uh, verdict that he's guilty, 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 three times over. Um, I'm actually going further back than that. I'm actually going back to the George Floyd situation. Innocent until proven guilty could have helped a heck of a lot. Mm -hmm. If we're really talking about healing this and saying, how do we fix situations like this in the future? Here's one way the police force, uh, the arm of the magistrate to bring justice can actually heal. Innocent until proven guilty innocent until proven guilty you need two to three witnesses innocent until proven guilty and somebody might say to me well jeff you know he's a drug addict he had drugs in his system and jeff he also had used a counterfeit bill that's what people are you know saying it's counterfeit money he had drugs in his system maybe he had drugs in his on his body here's what i want to challenge you with and and please brothers and sisters just want to challenge you with this i'm talking about healing this from a biblical perspective no matter what you believe about this right now, I just want you to consider this. Please, just let it come in. Don't resist. Just try to examine what I'm saying here. Do drug addicts deserve capital punishment? No. Do we get to answer? Yeah. No. <laughs> no. Drug addicts don't deserve capital punishment. That's not a capital offense in God's law. And you know what's amazing? And even if it was... They are not deserving of it before they have a trial. Before they have a trial. <laughs> That's the, I'm glad you caught the next thing I was going to say. Exactly right. That's right. the connecting point. You have to have a trial, right? So the question has to be asked here because everyone wants to throw this out. In this, and watch, we don't want this for anybody, no matter the color. You don't want this. You don't want the standard of society, the mob, saying that person was on drugs. They deserved what was coming to them. My, no. feelings, deci my feelings about this decide if you're guilty or innocent, mm -hmm. how I personally feel. Yep. We don't want any of us in society to have a standard that says because somebody's a drug addict, they deserve to be abused in any way. We don't want exactly. that standard. Mm -hmm. And we also don't want a standard society that says that you could lose your life because you had a counterfeit bill. Sinful as it may be, theft as it may be, God's law has an answer for how you deal with theft, and it ain't capital punishment. And it's not what some societies try to do by saying, oh, cut their hand off. I'm sorry. That's not what God's word says. That's not justice. Right. And brothers and sisters, we need to have that. Sorry. We need to have that um, conversation at the beginning. Two to three witnesses. I want innocent until proven guilty for George Floyd. I want innocent until proven guilty for Derek Chauvin mm -hmm. because God's law requires it. Innocent until proven mm -hmm. guilty. You have the witnesses and the evidence. You go to a court of law where there is cross-examination, and this is the place of punishment, not on the street for anybody. A Christian society would uphold the standard of you are innocent until proven guilty, which means in a situation where you have a man or woman of whatever color, you assume their innocence until you can prove them guilty mm -hmm. where? In the court of law, 
not on the street, which means that in a Christian society influenced by God's standards of justice, you would have the arm of the magistrate, the police officers, dealing with the public in a way, in situations like this, where the constant uh, thing to be observed is simply this, preservation of human life, preservation of human life, preservation right. of human life, always and every time. Because I understand, police, look, I've, I've taught police officers uh, self-defense, I've taught police officers uh, pain compliance, I've taught police officers techniques to subdue people and to protect themselves, I've done that. And so there are instances where police officers have to look online. You'll see hundreds of videos, the, the police cam footage of someone who just murders a cop or just, I mean, I saw watch a video the other day. It was the most insane, sad thing ever. This cop pulls a guy over on this long stretch of highway. He goes over and for no reason, it didn't even make any sense at all. The cop was being pleasant with the guy. Um, he, it was, it was, a, it was, a, it was, and not that this matters, but just to make sure everyone understands, it was a white guy, uh, and he's, he's walks up to, he's like talking to him pleasantly, he's asking questions, and the guy just starts shooting at him, and like I think, I think he even he, he did kill him, wow. just is shooting at the guy, that just kills the cop. So yes, police officers have a right to defend themselves, they have a right to defend the public, but the standard operational procedure always has to be preserve human life, preserve mm -hmm. human life, preserve human life. And so we need well, that. And then, and then for a police officer, the step, there's one step further, which is they uphold the law. That's yeah. their, that's their job is to protect citizens and uphold yeah. the right. law. I have heard that yeah. from the Phoenix police department. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and so that, that is, that is their job. And so, yeah, you do, you undeniably have this population of people that, um, I heard it put once as like, you know, there are people that have determined that when something like dangerous or horrible happens, like there'll be people, they'll be the people like running towards mm -hmm. the danger while everyone else like gets away. Mm -hmm. And so there is, there's a, there's a level of responsibility that comes with that. Um, and I understand like, it's a rough world out there. Mm -hmm. And especially for police officers at this current moment, it's kind of always been rough, but that is, that is a part of the job. Mm -hmm. it's an it's an incredible pressure that i can't understand mm. um but you're still beholden to the law and the law right. of god whether mm -hmm. you say you believe uh him or not yeah. um and it's just it's um there are two sides to that argument right well they're police officers so they have heightened responsibility and then there's also, well, they're police officers, so they're seeing dangerous things every day, and you don't understand what it's like to be in that kind of a position. And those, those are both true statements. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and so for us to, like, I don't know that it's necessary online for us to, like, go back and forth between those two statements, because I think they can both be true at the same time. Yeah, and, and, and you can address those in a way that makes sense and loves neighbor and honors God in a situation where saying, you don't know what they're dealing with every day, they gotta, you know, they're constantly on the edge, everything. I would say, well, if a, if a police officer is constantly on edge and they've seen a lot and it's been a messy week and they're having a hard time, they need to quit or not go in right. and not right. allow a perversion of justice in right. the street for any of us guys. Right. I'm not talking about George Floyd right now. I'm talking right. about the standard of That's justice. We don't want anybody abused in the street. I don't care. I don't want anybody abused in the street. Pat, I mean, look, here, here, look, Pastor Luke and I were outside of an abortion facility mm -hmm. in Tempe, totally abused by the Tempe police, run 
roughshod over our rights, a number lied, of times, <laughs> lied to us straight to my face. Yeah. And I wish at the time I had a recording on of that. Yeah. Just to pervert justice. And so, like, we, I understand, look, I'm talking about all of us. We don't want to live in a culture and society where you have to worry about injustice being perpetrated. And that gets me to the next point, because I see a lot of my, our friends in the, in the feed here. Yeah. You're bringing up the yeah. question of fentanyl, he overdosed, and all, all of that. Look, again, we're not going into the trial thing today to, to examine the second degree, third degree. Se all, we're not doing that right now. We're actually trying to examine this in hopefully a helpful biblical way to say, how would we pre prevent this in a Christian society in the future? But you, we, I keep seeing... And it, and it troubles me. I'll, I'll be totally transparent. It troubles me. When somebody sees what happened to George Floyd and they say, but he had fentanyl in his system or he had uh, negligible amounts of meth in his system. A lot of know. times people also point out yeah. the pointing a gun at a pregnant woman's belly and the, that he had done that thing. previously. Yeah. yeah and by, and by the way, you don't want that either. Don't do it. Don't. And this is very important. Every incident has to be its own incident. Right. right. You yes. don't want yep. somebody, God's law will not allow. And every incident has to be judged. Yeah. After a trial. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And like there's yeah. just there's a million arguments floating around that it's like, yeah. And and George Floyd did porn. Do you know that? He that's mm -hmm. not a uh, so he deserved so he deserved to die. Right. See do you see the logical connection? Right. Is there a logical connection? No. Now before God, do all of us deserve to die because of our sin? The wages of sin is death. Yes. Yes. But in terms of justice in the courts and the magistrate, did he deserve to die because he did porn in the past? Does he deserve to die because he had a criminal record in the past? You can't use that in a court of law. Like, so, let's say an accusation, please put yourself, and I'll put myself in, in these shoes for a second. Somebody makes an accusation against you that's a pretty horrific accusation, and you go before court, and let's say it's false. It is patently false, provably false, all the rest. There is no real evidence here. It's all like circumstantial evidence and just stuff that just should never have somebody brought to a place of guilt in a mm -hmm. court of law. Now, imagine you're there, and you're like, this is the most awful thing ever. And then all of a sudden, the lawyers for the prosecution start bringing in evidence of stuff that you did when you were 18 years old getting out of high school. Oh, did you know that he also did this, this, and this? It's like, what, what, what relevance is that to right. this accusation? Right. None of us want it because it's actually unjust. God's law would forbid it. And so, brothers and sisters— Well, because it basically rationalizes the event yeah. as though Derek Chauvin— because some, I guess, if the like if the if the if a person wants to say, well, he just made a mistake and it wasn't racially motivated, which I don't disagree with. He may have made a mistake that he didn't intend to make, um, sure. and it had deadly consequences. Cops can do that too. Yeah. Um, but uh, oh, I'm so sorry, my brain just like hops in and out right now. It's okay. No. <laughs> um, I was trying to make a point about something you were saying. About uh, past stuff being brought to bear in a trial. Um, in other words, you did this before, so you obviously must be guilty here. I'll, I'll keep moving forward, right, though. Yeah, you can yeah, feel yeah. like you jump in. Mm -hmm. So, the, the, okay, this comes up. Brothers and sisters, come back. Let's just talk about this for a second yeah. here. Uh, we're very sensitive to this. Can I just say this? We're very sensitive to this. I want to hopefully try to bring you into this experience with us. Apologia Church came out of a drug rehab. Mm -hmm. We planted in a drug rehab. I was the chaplain there. The, our, uh, the first couple of years of our church, no families, no babies except for ours. And, mm -hmm. um, and, and it was just this really rough looking crowd of people that uh, many of them were still on detox medication. 
while they were among us because you need that to sort of heal from all that chemically. Um, and so we're very sensitive to this. You know why? Can I just be honest with you? Uh, because I got people who are at my church now that I love and are in Christ and, and just love God. And these are amazing believers. Uh, they, they had fentanyl in their system when I first met them. Uh, they were shooting heroin laced with fentanyl. And uh, people, so many people at Apology at Church who came to Christ and are, are in Christ now and have been sanctified, they were, they were addicted to these drugs. And many of them, if you actually gave them a drug test when we first got them, they were on yeah. fentanyl. And I don't want them to die because of it. And so when someone says, yeah, but he just overdosed, he was high on drugs and all the rest, he, he had fentanyl in his system, I say, brothers and sisters, that is not a biblical justification for the arm of the magistrate to do anything that would not work to preserve mm -hmm. life in this instance. Mm -hmm. You know, when you have a man subdued, he is subdued, he's got his hands behind his back, and he's, he's begging for his life, begging for air, um, Police officers are supposed to, in that moment, go, okay, there's no potential victims here right now, no potential victims. I'm not going to be a potential victim. This man is subdued. His hands are on his back. No victims. Preservation of human life. He says he can't breathe. He's begging for his life. What do police officers normally do in these circumstances? Now, you can find hundreds, probably, of these videos online. I want to show you the normal response to um, an overdose, let's say fentanyl or, ha or heroin from a police officer. Um, watch this. Get him on the ground. Get him on the ground. By the way, sorry, pause. Uh, forgive me. I forgot. This is hard to watch. Okay, so just be aware. If you have kids, just be careful because this is, this is sad to watch. So. Mm -hmm. uh -uh. Sir. What's his medical history? I don't know. He just picked up 10 minutes ago. You just picked him up? Yeah, he's like, I need some money. Can you put me to work? And I said, yeah. He's got a pulse. He's breathing, so. Can you grab gloves? He's not breathing. So just real fast, what they're uh, looking for there is when you when you use uh, any opiate like this, whether it's fentanyl or you're using heroin or Percocet or Dilaudid or whatever the case may be, you're you, you're not going to be able to help it. Your your pupils become pinpoint. Right. It's just like locked in when you do things like uh, ecstasy they become like saucers, almost like you have no color in your eyes. It looks actually kind of scary. I mean, it's like yeah, black. Like demonic. It looks very mm -hmm. scary. Yeah. Yeah. You know, their eyes become black and you like lose all the color. It's just wide open. And even when you're in like a lit room, your eyes have a hard time like getting back down again. So they'll be wide open in a lit room. So you can generally tell if someone's in some kind of amphetamine or something like that because their eyes are bam. But when you're talking about something like Percocet, any opiate, heroin, fentanyl, it's just going to be pinpoint. So they were checking his eyes for pinpoint. Now they realize that this man is overdosing on maybe fentanyl, maybe heroin. It could be, could be either way. Uh, I just want to point out something. Did you notice? Now, I, I've seen this, <laughs> okay? Being, being drug pastors, 
you know, you you you're kind of accustomed to this world, <laughs> you know. And can I just can I just say this? This is really important. When someone's overdosing, overdosing from fentanyl, or they're overdosing from heroin, this is what they look like. This is what they look like. It takes a minute. Okay, can I just say this? It takes a minute, and I'm, I'm, I'm more than a minute. But you'll start to see when somebody is overdosing on heroin, pills, oxys, or fentanyl. First, have you ever seen the nod? You ever seen the nod? Mm -hmm. Where you'll see someone just sort of like just nodding and just sort of like leaning off like this. And like they come back and their eyes are like in the back of their head and they just nod and nod and nod. Well, what tends to happen with a fentanyl overdose or a heroin overdose is first you get that nod. They'll start to lose the ability to even be coherent and to converse and talk. They just get lost. You'll even see people like on a bus stop. You ever seen this? Somebody at a mm. bus stop and they're like, they look like it looks like superhuman. They're like leaning over like Michael Jackson or something. They're like they're like hanging off like this. You're like, how are you standing? Like, how is gravity not pulling you to the ground? It's actually pretty amazing. But you'll see that nod, right? That's the opiate nod. Well, that's what this is. So I'm saying this is typical of an overdose is at first you fall into that nod state. Then it's incoherent. And then you're, you, you're not talking. You're not talking. This is what it looks like. Okay, so what they were doing there is, thankfully, police officers carry this around with them, the Narcan. Uh, praise God for this. Oh, what a gift to the world this thing is. Um, we have people that we know and we love that are in Christ now, that they're alive today with us because of this Narcan. Uh, so praise God for it. Um, I can think of three faces right now in my mind of people who would not be with us today. They'd be dead if not for right. this amazing thing. Mm. And administered to all of them by police officers that show up on the scene. Okay? These cops save their lives by hitting them with Narcan. I think before, actually, it was in a needle. They were just, like, popping them with it. But now they... Uh, they is that right? because it's... Probably because it's, like, safer. Yeah, I was thinking. Of, like, I was saying, I remember, like, sure. at least one of them got hit with a needle. Yeah. Um, they used... It used to be a shot, and then I think they had to come up with a way that was, like, safe... Yeah. They didn't want to be doing like any, they didn't want there to be like blood or anything. Right. Like yeah. That. Potential. Or someone like get hurt or contamination. Yeah. yeah. Something. So, okay. So Narcan. Now, I, the, why am I doing this? I hope it's obvious. Here are police officers responding to a scene of a person having an overdose. Their first instinct is preservation of human life, preservation mm -hmm. of human life. Right. So what do they try to do? They try to administer some medical assistance to them by giving them Narcan. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm talking about this because all I can do at this point now as a minister of the gospel is try to be helpful in terms of what's the future of justice for us? What should it be? And what I'm saying is that God's law provides a standard for how you're supposed to operate in these scenarios. So police officers would benefit tremendously from being obedient to God's law in these instances, which, by the way, by the way, thankfully, um, our, um, our rights— have underneath them the word of God that gave us those standards right. of justice. So, for example, uh, you need to have uh, a, a court order and a warrant before you can come right. search my stuff. What's that mean? Witnesses got to go before a judge and say, here's the evidence. Can we search his stuff? We think he's guilty. Here's the evidence. And a judge has to determine, is that really evidence or are you violating an innocent person? 
that's thank you thank you bill of rights thank you god's law thank you covenanters and huguenots and pilgrims and puritans and all that for giving that to us or um the 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 right right to remain silent i don't have to i'm no self-incrimination that's from god's law all of that okay so praise god for all of that but why am i bringing this up in this instance i'm trying to show a, a contrast a contrast in the one case you've got a man people say he was on fentanyl great not a capital offense uh maybe he had drugs on him Great, not a capital offense. Uh, using a counterfeit bill. Great, not a capital offense. Bring those to court. Bring them to court, okay? Um, and then you have a situation where you have instances galore. By the way, just look it up. Look up fentanyl overdose online and look at all the police cam footage of them saving people's lives on fentanyl overdoses or heroin overdoses. Look at it. Just watch. It's actually spectacular. It's very, it's very amazing to see police officers rescue people who are having an overdose with the Narcan. Um, I'm trying to show you a contrast. In the one instance, we have a subdued man on the ground with his hands behind his back, George Floyd, and he's begging for his life. He's saying he can't breathe. What is the officer supposed to do according to God's law in that instance? Are there any potential victims here? No. Am I a potential victim here? No. Um, what's he doing? He says he can't breathe. He says he's begging for his life, preservation of human life. What if he was having an overdose? Okay. Well, only God truly, truly knows, right, guys? Right. What, what if he was having an overdose? What should have been the obligation of any, any image bearer of God in that instance? Preservation of human life. You see, there's a subtle thing in the background here. Can we confess to it? I may be guilty of it in my past. There's a subtle thing in the background here, and that's this. Well, you deserve to die. You deserve to die. You're a drug addict. It's Oh, that's what I was going to say before, is that so people are making the argument that he made a mistake, which is the murder two and three thing. Um, but like what's really behind it, behind all the rationalization of how the officer behaved is saying that it's almost rationalizing the mistake. Well, like, no wonder he made the mistake because the guy was incoherent and he was a criminal and he didn't know. He didn't know what George Floyd was going to do. So, but you can't, you're not supposed to, you don't, you don't get to like rationalize what happened after the point if it was wrong. Mm -hmm. If it was Mm -hmm. wrong, it was wrong. And, and, you know, you could make an argument that that's why our murder charges include things like negligent Mm-hmm. killing yeah. or yeah. manslaughter and because well, maybe they, you know, not all murder situations are going to be exactly the same not. but the point is is that in terms of the law that it's not about justification if he made a mistake mm-hmm. that's not about justific it's not about like justifying why he did what he did if it's wrong mm-hmm. then it is deserving of a penalty under the law that's and right. there should be justice for it. Well, God's and, law gives us that. And yeah. hopefully a trial yeah. will take those things into consideration. Now, right. I also think that it's uh that turning it into uh, a racially motivated crime without having evidence pointing towards that is also wrong. That's also a rationalization on the opposite side right. that's just as deplorable. It doesn't like uh it just doesn't it, we don't need to I would say, obviously, you can have your opinion. This is a great country to have opinions in. We're all free to have them. Until <laughs> um, you get canceled. <laughs> right. Yeah. But the point, the, that is the point of the law. The point of the law is to, like you said, it's not supposed to see. Blind. Do you right. remember the scales? Remember the woman yep. with the scales? Exactly right. It is supposed to determine yeah. justice for right. that situation. Yeah. And so even if you have opinions ab- about why maybe 
people did the things they did that's not actually the 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 job of the 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 court is not necessarily to like figure out why things happened the way they did it's about finding discovering what happened like the intent but it's not about like um like if you're guilty of murder some kind of murder you don't get to like dig back into your past and be like oh but i was a good person for all these years like mm-hmm. some of these things like go both mm-hmm. both yeah, ways just point. like you can't bring up uh defaming evidence again that from different cases against uh someone you can't you it's about this situation what happened here right that's right what happened it's here? not about this well and people get upset because that that is the whole point of this trial mm-hmm. is that there is a systemic thing mm-hmm. going on in the police department where they have higher rates of of um arresting and unlawfully shooting right that's the issue Mm -hmm. that's what this this trial was about Mm -hmm. really Mm -hmm. right and even though it's supposed to be a trial about a murder and someone is supposed to be receiving we're supposed to be making sure people the right person is right receiving justice that's right yeah so i think the thing that that i've been thinking a lot about is just again what does justice look like in this situation and to be honest, I'm incredibly <laughs> frustrated, annoyed by a lot of the comments today because people, I think, are completely missing the point here. Um, yeah. And the so, so my question is, what is justice in this situation? Now, for George Floyd, what would have been just obviously would not be dying. It would have been paying back, according to God's law, according right. to God's standards, it would have been paying back what he stole with fake money. Mm-hmm. Right. That that would be how God's standards would have operated for justice in that situation. Uh, but then when it comes to, cause you really have two separate things here. Then when it comes to him dying and Chauvin and all that, like, I mean, if we're, if we're going to try to judge it by God's standard, there's really, you know, one. So he's probably gonna spend the rest of his life in jail. There's no justice there. Right, right. now. I heard that cross politic was saying now, now George Floyd's daughter is going to be paying for this man to sit in jail. For the That's rest right. Of, you know? right. Like yeah. there's no justice there. Right. Um, not, at least not according to God's standard, you know, but then, this is, this is a whole other show. I know we're running over time, but there's, you know, there's three different ways you could look at Chauvin. Like either he intentionally murdered the man, which is death penalty according to God's standard. You could be the flying axe head. It could be the goring ox even in this situation. Mm-hmm. And that needs to be taken into consideration. And they all have different consequences. But that is what justice looks like according to God's standard. Not this clown show that right. <laughs> we just witnessed, right? Yeah. Right. And so that, that's what we should be talking about is, is has justice actually happened? And I would say no, absolutely not. Right, and 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 all we can do at this point is just work our way from the bottom of this right. outward, and we could say what could actually bring healing in these circumstances. And again, I just want to challenge you as a brother or sister in Christ. Don't be mad at me. Don't don't let's not the, depart from unity and fellowship together in this and love for the Lord and the gospel and serving God together. I just want to challenge you this because I see it a lot, and it's just not biblical. It just there's no call for it in Scripture. You know, when people just like um, make comments about fentanyl and his past and those sorts of things, you can't you can't draw that into this moment because it isn't relevant in court in terms of what happened that day. And we talk about counterfeit bills. Okay, thieves don't deserve to die in God's law. God would forbid any such a thing that you get to die because of, of, of theft, especially, what, what is it, $20 counterfeit bill is, is what the instance was? I think so. And when people talk about, like, well, you know, he died from a fentanyl overdose. Well, I'm going to say this. If he was begging for his life and he was truly overdosing, 
the police officer was required before God to preserve human life. They do it all the time. Why not in this instance? Well, it's interesting because people say that he was acting like within his training, but training would be. They all have. Life. They right. all Preserve have Narcan now. They all have it now. Everybody. Preserve. There are people that just citizens. Well, that carry it, well, it now. well. One. That's one point here on on that point. Um, the, I forget the witness's name. Forgive me, everybody. Somebody may know the witness's name who is actually a trained uh, EMT, I believe. When she's on the scene, she's oh, yeah. saying, "Check for a pulse. Right. Like yeah. he right. he needs help right now." Right. You had you had professional input that guys. Enough is enough. Now you have to work to preserve his life. Why aren't you working to preserve his life? Check his pulse. He's not breathing. What's going on? Look, you. We do not want police officers to become people who can execute people on the street. Right. Uh, I don't care how much well, the police and officer if executing someone is within their training. Yeah. Or not attending to someone who is obviously in distress is within their training. Then we shouldn't see that as a a plus for Derek Chauvin. We should see that as something that absolutely needs to change. Yeah. Yeah. It just I it is very it's something that I can't even totally understand, but you really do have to be in order to be a police officer, you really are you are supposed to be someone who is specially appointed to behave a certain way. You're, and I'm not saying you're, you're incapable exactly right. of of uh, not committing negligence and I'm not saying that cops can't get angry or cops can't get a little whatever. But I'm saying that you are legitimately signing up to not yeah. just be the person that runs towards the danger, but you are signing up to be appointed to be more than to the be average God, person. You're supposed to be God's deacon. Right. God's servant to exactly. do what? Right. To execute yeah. justice. Yeah. Police avenger officers of in a Christian society would see themselves as an avenger of God's wrath. Yeah. Not the avenger of some other God's wrath. God's wrath. And what God does not allow for in his law is someone to be executed in the street because of theft or being a drug addict or carrying drugs. And God's law would not allow for someone to be an image bearer of God, to be begging for their life, and we don't do what's necessary to preserve human life. God's law, I can give you example after example after example. The emphasis is always preservation of human life preservation of human life and when you have a man subdued with his hands behind his back and you're applying pressure to his neck or back it doesn't even matter and he's begging for his life and he loses his pulse and he can't breathe there's a responsibility here we have to be thinking about at least for the future brothers and sisters in this case of what's the right thing to do and you know when people say things like well uh fentanyl overdose he was fentanyl overdose uh, heroin overdose guys then pull out the narcane and well, preserve his like, life so he can yeah. get to the court. Yeah, exactly. yeah. I want to preserve his life in that moment yep. to be the arm of justice to bring the man to court. I don't want him to die here in the street. It's an awful thing because the police officers did have a responsibility when a man is begging for his life to preserve human life. And you know, Even if that means stepping outside of your training. Yeah. If you've been trained a certain way and <laughs> like you, you get permission to step outside of your training if your training is telling you that it's okay to to stand on a guy, put your full body weight on a guy until he are you is seeing no the same comment I am? Yeah. Okay. okay. Can I say this real yep. fast? This is this I, is what's so amusing. 
I have gotten in oh, so much I I trouble. Too. Well, this is funny. It has shows you shows you as Christians we've lost the ability to think coherently, right. calmly, with critically. patience, critically, biblically, with integrity. Here's a man named Todd Krant. Um, uh, I hope I said that right. Uh, wokeology. He says he thinks Jeff is going woke. Yeah. Now, brothers and sisters, all of you um, who have been watching for maybe the last six months. What did Jeff Durbin get in trouble for recently? At that the was, conference you got that, that shirt was from? was all over the internet. What, what was Jeff getting in trouble for? What, what was that? Anybody in the comments, let's go ahead and just give it a try. Just to, just to try to show how, as Christians, we need to have higher standards. Brothers and sisters, uh, I know we're going over on time here. About, about 600 people watching right now. Does anybody know what Jeff Durbin got in trouble for in, say, the last six months? It was all over. People... There you go, Reform Viking, the scubala, said uh, Colin. Now it says the swearing. Okay, so let's let's help Todd out. Does anybody have any suspicions about Jeff Durbin being woke? Who knows what I teach and what I believe? Anybody? Just Todd Krant. <laughs> well, there's a few other people that are saying it sounds like they're going SJW. All because you said Chauvin. It, or, isn't or, it, 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 because it's, I said that police officers shouldn't. Yeah. It, shouldn't uh, is they it, should always be trying to not kill a person uh, unless they have to <laughs> it's, it's amazing christians have to be able to think with balance right. integrity and we have to be able to think in categories brothers and sisters this is not about the republican team or the democrat team i think social justice warriorism is evil it's a sin against god i think the woke gospel destroys the gospel it destroys the church it is one of the most nefarious and wicked things to come into the christian church in the last generation critical race theory evil belongs in hell i think that um uh all, all of it i mean crt crt you want to talk about uh intersectionality all of that is wicked dividing the church i hate marxism I hate neo-Marxism. I am the farthest away from wokeism that is, I think, humanly possible. However, if we think with balance and integrity, we have to be able to say as Christians, God's word says this. This isn't about the Republican team and being on your favorite Republican talking head side. Right. This isn't about wearing it's an American... It's not about being pro-police no, or anti-police. This, this isn't about America. This is about the word of God. Right. It's about the word of God. We're, hold, we're actually saying here these are God's standards of justice. What ought a police officer do who is an extension of the magistrate who is supposed to be God's deacon to establish justice? And if you hear me saying, hey, if a guy is overdosing, subdued with his hands behind his back, don't apply pressure to decrease his oxygen level. When he's begging for his life, you have to preserve human life. If you think that's woke, shame on you. You don't know God's law. Mm -hmm. You don't know God's law. You see, that's the, that's the issue here. If you, if you accuse someone like me of being woke who got in so much trouble recently for what I said about wokeism and all the rest of that, um, and because I simply say that we have to work to preserve human life when a man is begging for his life, then you don't know God's law. That's just the, I'll just say it to you as bluntly and as humbly as I possibly can. You don't know God's law, his right. standards. Maybe you spend a lot of time in the New Testament Praise God for that. Maybe you're really good at communicating the gospel and biblical truth from that perspective, but you don't know God's law. God has very specific standards in God's law as how you're supposed to execute these sorts of things in society. And let me tell you right now, it would be a sin for a human being in God's law to be subdued with their hands behind their back, to being accused of, of theft at a $20 level or even, even having drugs in their system when they're begging for their life and you don't offer assistance. 
That is unjust. It is evil. Now, listen, we haven't talked about all the guilty verdicts. We're not going into the court thing today. Right. We're right. talking about at the bottom from God's law, how are we supposed to handle this as Christians? Because, again, I ain't going to marks or angles for my answer <laughs> because I'm not a social justice warrior. And I'm not going woke. I'm not going to them. I'm going to Moses. Did you hear that at the beginning of the show? I think we talked a lot about that. We have to go to Moses and not to Marx. And that's important. I think we should do like a fun little video. You dress up like Doc, Doc Holliday and be like, man's law don't go around here, law dog. <laughs> oh, I think, um, I think some of the people who are our friends and brothers and sisters in Christ here, um, who probably saw that comment or were like, that's highly He's amusing. Thrashed yeah. So, yeah. Uh, all, all I would say to you, Todd, look, I love you, brother. If you're a believer, I love you in Christ. All I would say is this, look up Jeff Durbin woke and, uh, and, and maybe, maybe do a little homework before you make that kind of accusation. And by the way, Hey, Hey, isn't it perfect? This is a great way to end the show. We have so much more we could talk about, but it's a great way to end the show. What was the main thing that I was bringing up in the very beginning? You don't call somebody guilty mm -hmm. unless there's what? Evidence right. and witness before you make those accusations and bring those charges against the person. And here we have a much milder example of a person who said that I'm going woke with no evidence. Right. No, matter of fact, you're lying. Right. So when you say something that's not true, it's an accusation that's not true, what's it called? It's called a lie. And uh, you might have like mild versions of lies like this. And you can have lies that have higher impact on the world and in people's lives, but it's still a lie. And you can't actually make an accusation against a person unless you have proper evidence. And the one thing Christians need to get firmed up in our culture and society today is this. Stop making accusations against people when there's not proper evidence. And don't accept a system of justice that punishes people without proper evidence and a trial. Yep. That's the issue. And I'll end with this. I know it's hard to watch. But I want you guys to watch this. This is where it comes from. Um, this was the moments of George Floyd um, on the ground. I know it's a pretty sad way to end the show, but this is what we're talking about. Okay. Um, how would we handle this in the future? Because listen, here's the key thing. There's a guy in jail right now who's been, he got hit with three of them. Guilty, guilty, guilty. He's in jail right now. So maybe this would have helped him. Wouldn't it watch? Wouldn't a Christian worldview given to a police officer in this case helped him? Would it listen? Can we just admit this? If if Chauvin had listened to these things and yielded to them before this moment, would he? Would this be happening today to him? Nope. Nope. He wouldn't. Have, this this wouldn't have happened. It wouldn't have happened. It it really wouldn't have. And so, if we work to preserve human life. He wouldn't have been accused of, of killing him. If he had not had his knee on his back like this and he'd worked to preserve human life, he wouldn't have been accused of, he, of, of killing him. Let's say that Floyd actually was overdosing of fentanyl. I, I don't see it, but let's say he was overdosing. Well, he would have overdosed with police officers providing medical treatment to him, right? That's, mm -hmm. It would have happened that direction. He wouldn't be hit with three charges of, of, of you're guilty, guilty, guilty. And so in this case, I want to ask us this question because I think it's always important for us. If we want justice, we should look at a situation like this and ask the question, what if that was me? Mm. What if it was me? What would I have wanted for myself in this instance? Love your neighbor as you love yourself. It's easier said than done.
in a circumstance like this, you might have a lot of things in the background of your mind that you're like, well, I don't like this because this guy was a drug addict or he did porn before or whatever the case may be. Maybe you have reasons why you, you don't really care. You know, like, well, you know, it is what it is. He was just doing his job, the police officer. Maybe you think that. I think we should think love your neighbor as you love yourself. And you look at a man like this on the ground who's begging for his life. Ask the question, what would I have wanted to happen to me? Or parents, moms and dads out there, lots of those out there listening right now, what if this was your son or your daughter? Think about it. Put, put the face of your son or daughter on George Floyd's face there and imagine that it's your son or daughter. What would you have wanted to happen in that instance? Would you have wanted the police officers to work towards the preservation of life, administered medical treatment, help the man sit up to breathe, love your neighbor as you love yourself? Put yourself out of all of the impactful things that come into us from the media every single day trying to influence our opinion of these things and think about it like a Christian. Here's an image bearer of God. There's an image bearer of God. What does God say about justice? How should this be handled? Should we preserve life? Should we end life? Those sorts of things. Um, here it is. So we can all see. So now I want to watch these things without being influenced by major media. I want to watch these things as a Christian, try to examine the incident as it is. Of course, there's footage before this doesn't change anything in terms of what we have before us right here. Uh, when a man is begging for his life like this, saying that he can't breathe, what does God's law require of us? What's it require of any of us? What do police officers normally do when they come to a scene of a person who may be having an overdose or they're begging for their life or trying to, trying to breathe? What would they normally do? That's the question I want to ask. And again, I think we need to think about this objectively as Christians and ask the question, what if it was me? How would I want to be treated in this circumstance? What if it was my daughter? What if it was my son? How would I want them to be treated? Now, if you, again, 
last word on this. If you put your daughter's face or your son's face on George Floyd's, Floyd's face here, would you be talking about it differently? Would you be saying, oh, could you just let them up so they could have breathed? Could you have tried to at least set them up so they could breathe? Try to help them in some way to breathe? I mean, even if they were in trouble for something, get them to court later, do whatever has to be done. Could you have, could you have worked to try to save their life? I think love for neighbor requires that of us. It requires of us not to be partisan in an instance like this and say, what's my team say? What's my team right. saying here? Like, we're not supposed to be like that as Christians, partisans. Like, what's my team say? Okay, I'm on that side. We're supposed to actually be saying as Christians, what's pleasing to God here? What's right according to his word? What's in accordance with love for God and love for neighbor? I'll let you guys finish up the final thoughts here. I don't think there's a whole lot else to say. I think we covered it pretty well. And obviously, and everyone's sufficiently angry yeah, in the I mean, comments. So. <laughs> Makes you want to slam a head against the wall. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, this, we could do a number of shows on a number of topics here. But, well, I hope... God's the, law matters. God's law matters, that. yes. Yeah. I hope at the beginning of the show... Um, well, real fast. Here is Durbin accusing all of us of some kind of racial motivation for thinking the way we do. Who, when did that I say that? Happen. I Go home. That didn't happen. Didn't happen. So, Kenneth Darling, <laughs> apparently happen. you're a person that is perfectly fine with lying. Jeff Durbin said nothing today about race in this instance. It's an amazing thing. Christians, I don't know. I don't even brothers and sisters, let's raise our standards, raise our standards of accusations, raise our standards of critical thinking. It's very important. And what's amazing in a case like this, um, is that this platform, this show is attempting to point everyone to God's word as a standard here. Not to partisan politics, right. not to our, our favorite Fox News contributor, none of those things. It's just saying, what God word, what's God's words say? What's it say? Uh, how are we supposed to love our neighbors? Bless you all so much. Praise you guys. Uh, <laughs> just, it doesn't even need to. It doesn't even have to. Yeah, okay. Even deserve. God bless you guys. Uh, we're grateful for you guys, your love for us. Uh, don't forget to meet with us in uh, South Carolina, Columbia, South Carolina. We're trying to end abortion there. Uh, 10 a.m. May 4th. That's Luke the Bear. Enjoy the girl. Peace out. See ya. I'm Jeff and Ninja. Catch you next time.